Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Daily Bread. We've got a lot to catch up on. A big show today. Lots to talk about. Uh, obviously, I have been gone for a few weeks. I think, honestly, I think it's been about a month now since I've done an episode. I have, I have to go back and check. The last one I did was Reminisces of a Crypto Operator, which I did get a lot of good feedback on. I'll let you guys enjoy that. So I'll do more of those. Um, but we are back. It's been kind of an eventful few weeks. Uh, I did take a little vacation and I was off and and anyway, so that's kind of why I've been out. But um, we're back and we're gonna we'll be consistently uploading here again soon. Uh, in the time I was gone, we had a massive meme coin season, um, which I'll be honest with you, I kind of didn't partake in too much until the end. Um, and that's kind of how I wanted to start the show today was talking about the meme coin stuff a little bit and more of like a retrospective of uh how to think about crypto markets as it ever changes because it just the market never gives you uh what you think is going to happen and what i mean by that is um like me personally i i felt like the first quarter of the year the first few months i had a pretty good feel on the market i felt pretty in tune you know i i thought we were going to get to 30k bitcoin and 2k eth i said that from the beginning of the year and we got there and so up until that point i was feeling pretty good but then after that and obviously we've been just chopping around and it's been a pretty brutal market the last few weeks i have not had a very good feel and that's honestly part of the reason why i haven't been making episodes besides just being away for a little bit was that uh, I was like, you know, I don't really have a good feel on things and I don't want to go on a show and say a bunch of stuff that I'm not confident in. You know, I don't want to be I don't want to be like Jim Cramer, okay? I feel, you know, I got to say, I kind of feel bad for Jim Cramer sometimes because you know, he has a lot of bad takes obviously and it's it's like fun to like make fun of him, but let me tell you, as someone who does like content myself you know i only do this once a week when i'm doing it consistently and even then sometimes i'm like oh i don't know should i say this should i not he's like on cnbc like every single day and he does like his own hour-long show and he does he pops on the other shows in the mornings and stuff so the guy's probably doing like two hours of like talking about markets every day let me tell you, if I was doing that, I would have just as many like dumb takes probably because it's just, you know, you don't always have like some good take on the market. And that's the thing. That's kind of the problem with like financial media is that you always you kind of feel the need to have like a, a strong take or say something like edgy or controversial or contrarian. But, you know, obviously, most of the time you're not going to be right if you're doing that a lot. You only, you know, in markets, it's good to be contrarian occasionally but for the most part you don't actually always want to be contrarian sometimes you just want to ride the trends sometimes you just want to you know ride with the market um and so it's hard to always like do content all the time so anyways enough about you know that lay off my boy jim kramer is the point anyways um that's kind of why i've been off a little bit because i i haven't had a great feel and you know whenever you think you have a good feel in the market it always throws a twist at you. And in this case, the twist was meme coins. Um, because now where we can kind of sit retrospectively and look in hindsight at like the last month or so of meme coins and say, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. But if we kind of go back in time a little bit and look at what happened, I personally did not expect what happened happened, which is 
meme coins became the only thing that mattered in the market for like three, four weeks. And everything else, major alts, alt L1s, everything, DeFi, on-chain, small caps, everything that was not a meme coin just had a slow bleed out. It's been bleeding to death. And you can look at all these charts. They've just been bleeding to death. It doesn't matter if it was the, the hottest cool coin from like a month ago or your average like whatever. Everything has looked the same. You look at Arbitrum chart, Optimism chart, uh, Conflux chart. You look at the deep, like look at like some of the hot DeFi stuff, like the Grail chart. All, all that's everything. Ush, which is one we were talking about on the show. Everything is the same. Pendle, another hot coin from earlier in the year. Everything's just been bleeding straight down with no escape hatch. And so I didn't expect that to happen, right? Because normally how these things work is I expected us to get 30K BTC and 2K ETH. And past that, I said, I don't know, maybe we could get higher, but that's like my main target. But I expected us to then chop and consolidate on Bitcoin and ETH and then have an alt season, right? And my miscalculation was that I didn't expect the alt season to be meme coin season, right? I thought it would be regular alt season. I thought it would be, you know, we see the, uh, the, the coins we know having their rallies, kind of like we did in January, right? January, we had like first few weeks was like a proper little alt season. And I thought we were going to have that again, like in April, May. And we didn't. We didn't have a regular alt season. We had a meme coin season, right? And that's the hard thing about markets, which is, you know, because I've been doing my own reflecting of uh, like straight up, I'll be honest with you, I really didn't make any money the last month. I, I totally was not playing meme coins for the first few weeks. And then only in the last week that I finally like give in and say, okay, I guess because because everything else was bleeding out and, and nothing else was happening in the rest of the market. I was like, all right, I, I can't just sit on the sidelines doing nothing. I got to do something. And so I started playing them. And I actually did hit a couple good trades on the main one was obviously Pepe I hit with size towards the end and then uh, turbo. And so those are the only two that I hit and I just hit those and I honestly should have just walked away because I actually made good money. But then I kept pulling more and more meme coins and chopping myself up and just gave everything I made back, right? Many such cases. And so I just didn't really make any money for like the last month, which sucks as a trader. You know, it's never a good feeling to go like a month without making any money. But that's sometimes that's part of the game. and You just have to accept that. But th there are a couple things from this that I kind of uh, kind of reassured and learned, which is one, it just shows how maximum pvp this market still is because all of the attention was on meme coins and because of that everybody was literally selling everything else to go buy meme coins right and so if you weren't playing the one hot sector the one hot trend then you didn't make any money. And in fact, if you held the other things, you completely lost money. You got wrecked this last month. Um, which again, like in hindsight, you say, okay, well, you should have just dropped everything and just focused on meme coins for the last month. But, you know, you don't really expect that to happen. And these things are always easier to see, see looking back. And, and that's just the, the feebleness of this market and the PVPness of this market, which is like, you, you really have to 
be constantly, constantly adapting. You can never, ever, ever stay stagnant. Uh, and if you do stay stagnant, then you have to accept that you're going to have periods where you're not making any money. Because, you know, in the last episode, the, the reminiscences of a crypto operator, I talked about how you should find your edge and you should find your little areas of specialty in trading. Because markets are big and there's lots of ways to make money in markets and you don't have to make it in every way. And in fact, people who try to make money in every single way they don't make any money at all, right? Because it's just, it's so, markets are so hyper competitive that you're not going to be able to make money in every single possible way. You're going to have to find your, your couple little niches and just master those. And frankly, I followed my own advice on the meme coins when it comes to this up until like the last week, because I, when the meme coin stuff started, I said, okay, well, listen, it's not my specialty. I don't play meme coins. It's not my game. Uh, my game is more, as you guys know, like, you know, on-chain DeFi and like cer certain swing trades and all that stuff, but I don't really play meme coins that much. Um, and so I was like, okay, I, I was fine. I was like, Hey, happy for everyone making money on meme coins. I'm sticking to my thing. But then unfortunately my miscalculation was that everything that wasn't meme coin has just been bleeding out and you can just see that from the charts. And that was where it was like, okay, it got to the point after like three weeks where I'm like. Do I just give in and start playing meme coins or do I stick to my guns? And I gave in because I was like, well, this stuff isn't getting bid. So I'm not going to like keep trying it. Uh, I made money on a couple little trades here and there, but for the most part, wasn't really making much money. Uh, so then I did meme coins. Uh, but then, of course, by the time I capitulated to meme coins, that tended to be the uh, the end of the cycle. And, uh, you know, I, I tweeted about it last. It was last Sunday. I was just like, you know, I spent like eight hours on a Sunday morning just playing meme coins. OK, and I was like a solid I think I was a solid over six on Sunday morning. And I was like, I give up. I'm out. This is like it was clear that that this cycle was was contracting and ending because everything like a few days before it was like anything would get to 10 mil market cap and some of them would even get 20, 30. And then all of a sudden it was like things were struggling to get past one or two million market cap and the PVP-ness was just getting really bad. And so I was a solid 0 for 6 and I said, I'm good. I'm not going to bleed any more money here. I'm moving on. And then the next Monday, everything dumped like 50%. So at least I, I gave up when I knew it was time to give up, but I didn't make any money and that sucks. You know, it's always a bummer when you go long periods of time not making money in markets. The lesson though for me is that this market is still just about survival. And if you're not making money, you need to make sure you're not losing money. And I know that sounds like super obvious and basic, but it's unbelievably easy when things aren't going your way to start forcing trades and start making bad decisions and trying to, oh, I just need to hit one coin. I just need to do one thing and I'll make it all back. And, I'll, and it's like, once you start getting into that mindset and it's so easy, especially like, like everybody has a bad few days, everybody has a bad week, whatever. But when you have like a month of not making money, that's when it like, like at least for me personally, starts getting in my head a little. I'm like, damn, I haven't made any money in a month. I need to do something. I need to find, you know. And then you start forcing trades and making mistakes and you start dying by a thousand cuts. You know, when I'm playing these meme coins and it's like, I, I'm playing these small little launches and I'm throwing 500 bucks here, a thousand bucks here and just getting chopped up, just losing, you know. And trust me, when you're just throwing 
a thousand bucks at fucking five, 10 things, you know, and they're all losing, you know, you start getting chipped away very, very fast, right? You start taking L's very fast and those numbers start adding up. Uh, and it's just, it's not fun to, to lose like that. Uh, but you either have to be choose to do one of two things. You either have to be the guy who is, I'm always going to just like, whenever some new trend comes, I'm going to like try to always be first to it. Or you're going to have to say, these are my specialties and I play these things and things outside of this, I'm not going to play even if I'm tempted to, right? And so for me, I think my I need to stick to my guns and my specialties, even if that means not making money for certain periods of time. Because jumping on the, the meme coin wagon later was just not the right decision. Uh, and I think I'm sure a lot of you probably can relate in that. Uh, you know, you see lots of people making money and you're like, damn, all right, I need to, I give in. Like you kind of give in at a certain point. That's what it is. And, and you, you just can't do that. You just can't do that. You have to be one thing or another. And, and part of it too, I think the reason why so many people are the types to like jump around to each trend is because there's a certain, there's a certain insecurity when you don't have like a system for making money trading. And in crypto, it's not always easy to have like a specific system and process because this market is ever changing and adapting so fast. And there's constantly new metas that pop up. But it's good to have some semblance or some basic framework of a system for your trading and how you approach the market. And the problem with something like meme coins is like, there's no system to be had there. You know, you're kind of just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks, right? That's that's really what meme coins are. Um, either that or you have some type of insider information. That's that's most of meme coins. And so, you know, that's that's not my game. And, and the thing is, uh, what I realized is that I, I fell into the trap. I fell into the trap of trying to chase the thing that wasn't my specialty and I shouldn't have done that because I I have an ability to make profit and do consistent trades that I know work over time, right? That doesn't mean they're going to work every single week and maybe not even every single month, but I know that over the course of a year, I'm going to be able to make money with the way that I trade and the and the and the the coins that I play, right? Uh and so I, I just let the not making money for a month get to me, right? And But my, my thing is about the insecurity is that I think a lot of people don't have a system and a method for consistently generating profit, right? And I think a lot of people for the first few months of the year weren't really making money. And then they were like, okay, well, now I'm going to make it all in meme coins. And some people it worked out for and a lot of people it didn't. And the problem is that when you're always chasing the next thing and you're always like kind of scatterbrained and trying to hop on the next trend, you're you're never building like a system or a process for consistent results. So every now and then you may hit on something, right? You may get lucky, you may hit some coin and make some money, but then are you confident in yourself that you're going to be able to repeat that? Are you confident in yourself that you're going to be able to consistently make money over the course of a year? Probably not. Right. And so that's why in my reflection, I'm like, you know, I have my system to make money. I need to just be better about sticking with my strengths and ignoring my weaknesses, you know, and, and if there's anything that this year so far, we're, we're, we're in May now. So we're in the fifth month of the year has, has really shown me is that sticking to your strengths really works. Because when I look at my profits and loss from this year, pretty much, I would say, 
80% roughly, I would have to look at my, my numbers, but I would say 80% roughly of the money I made was on chain, like small cap stuff that I'm like, really like in the trenches on, I know, like, like, all you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the docs of these things and following their Twitters and in their discords and getting all this information, right. And, and playing them early. That's like, most of the money I made this year. And then the other bit was just playing, um, you know, high time frame swing trades on certain coins with like very clear setups. That's basically where I made all my money. Everything else that I've tried, uh, I either like round tripped or, or lost on. Um, that includes meme coins, that includes certain NFTs, that includes basically anything that wasn't like my bread and butter. Um, and so again, it's just like hammering home, like, hey, I have my strength. I need to focus on my strength. And if that means that, hey, there's a month where people are making tons of money on meme coins and I'm not, that's okay. That's okay. You're not going to make money in every market, you know? Uh, and you just have to be okay with that. And that's, again, that gets back to the insecurity versus security uh, in yourself, which is like, hey, hey, you have a way of making money. And if, and, and, and this is to people listening, like if you have a way of making money, don't feel like you always have to be making money in every single way. Just stick to your guns and have confidence in yourself. That's that's the main lesson from, from the last month for me is I know what to do and it's just very easy. And you know, when you're on Twitter and I, and I like to banter, trust me, I'm like big shit poster, big banter guy on Twitter, obviously. Uh, so don't get me wrong. It's very easy to like think that everybody is, is making money and doing all this stuff. Like I'll, I'll give you a good example of like even myself where, um, I really try not to LARP on Twitter, right? I'm, I'm anti like pretending to be things I'm not, but it's very easy to do it kind of by accident. I've noticed because it's very natural where like when I'm winning and I'm hitting great trades and I'm doing all these things, I'm tweeting about it. I'm like, Oh, look at this trade. Oh, look at the, you know, you're, you're excited. You want to share, you want to brag a little, right? There's a little ego there. Of course, when you're losing, eh, you know, it doesn't feel as good to be like, Oh, I took it now. And sometimes I will, I try to like be honest when I take L's on things. Uh, but you know, sometimes you're bummed out and you don't want to like tweet about it. And that's me where I try to make a conscious effort not to LARP. I think most people don't do that. <laughs> In fact, probably are trying to LARP, uh, especially bigger accounts. But you, the point is social media, Twitter, it's like, it's similar to like, you know, when people say like, oh, on Instagram, you see people's like, you see everyone's like luxury vacations. You don't see them like four months in the cubicle, right? And it's the same thing on Twitter. You see everyone's big PNL days and big winter days. You don't see all the times they lost money. When you see people hitting on a meme coin, you don't see the hundred people that lost money on that meme coin, right? So just always keep that in mind. It's very easy to let it get to your head when you're seeing all these people make money around you and you're like, oh, I'm not making money. I need to make money. Um, very, you know, it's, trading is all psychological and we're, we're, we're little reptilian animal brains at the end of the day. So it's okay. Everything will be okay. Stick to your system, find what works for you and churn out consistent profits. That's, that's the lesson from from the last month for me. Stick to your guns. Um, moving on, speaking of memes, actually, speaking of memes, um, I had a couple little bangers in the last week on Twitter, speaking of Twitter shitposting. Um, well, let's, let's talk about Elon. There is no meme, I love you. He posted the Milady meme uh, that is famous, and the price of Milady skyrocketed. I was actually, I literally saw it 
the tweet come in live. Like I, 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 I saw it within the first minute and I happened to have uh, blur open because I was doing like blur lending with miladies. Uh, I didn't, unfortunately, I lit, I think I closed my loan the day before or two days before this happened. So that was unfortunate. But anyways, I'll get into the blur loan in a second. Um, tell you my experience with that. But he tweeted this. So I happen to have the blur page open and the price, the floor was 3.7 ETH for Milady. And it went to, I think about 7.2 is where it topped out at in five, maybe 10 minutes, less than 10 minutes. I mean, I've never seen a floor move up that fast. It basically doubled in, in like 10 minutes. Uh, now it's come back down to earth a bit. I think it's like four and a half ETH or so, which is still good. Uh, but it's not it's not the peak. Many such cases, and we see that with Dogecoin uh, all the time. But very funny uh, that that happened. And anyways, as it relates to me, just and by the way, just so everyone knows, I'm a day one milady. Okay, just because I don't have the milady profile picture. I've been Milady since day one. I was there during the cancellation. I bought Miladies for like 0.1 ETH like a year ago when nobody wanted them. Okay. So let's just be clear. Let's just set the record straight on who's an OG Milady. And you know, I see a lot of new Miladies these days and Romilios and all these new profile pictures. You know, let's let's not forget who was there from day one. All right. I got the receipts. Okay. But anyways, uh, lots of people were joking. Uh, that Milady is going to go through another cancellation after this Elon thing. And even uh, Charlotte Fang, the uh, the Milady founder, uh, posted like a screenshot from a CNBC reporter asking like to for an interview or something about Milady because Elon tweeted it. Uh, and so I decided to do a little shit posting, a little, we do a little spreading misinformation, a little trolling on the internet. And so I went to the Tornado Cash uh, OFAC page, which if you guys recall, uh, OFAC is the Office of Foreign Asset something. Uh, basically, they are the people who like track terrorist organizations and money launderers and all these things to make sure they're not uh, moving money illegally, basically. That's, that's the job of OFAC. If you recall last year, everyone who used Tornado Cash got put on that list. And so they have this list of all these wallet addresses. Well, I had a little fun. I went to that page and I'll, I'll put it on the screen for those watching. I uh, I went inspect elemented and put like Milady and Remilio on instead of Tornado Cash. And then I put on Twitter, I said breaking. Uh, I forget exactly what I said, but I said basically everyone who owns a Milady is going to get put on the OFAC block list, blacklist. Which, by the way, it's not even called blacklist. It's like the S, it's the SDN, like the security designated whatever i don't even know it was some lame name and i just named it blacklist okay because you know we get there's there's a people don't people don't appreciate the craft and the the thought process that goes into making a banger post okay i've been posting for years now all right i've been putting the work in i've had many many flops many many zero like tweets for years to get to this moment of of really coming into my own as a poster okay and uh anyways there there was there was there's some craft put into this, okay? Don't don't think these things happen by accident, okay? These tweets don't happen by accident. There's some thought put into them. Well, anyways, this tweet pops off. It has like hundreds of thousands of views. 
Tons of people were fooled by it. It's funny because uh, most of the ladies didn't fall for it. A few did, but most of the ladies didn't fall for it. They knew it was a joke, but everyone who was not milady fell for it, or a lot of people did. And it's you know it's funny because you get to see people's true colors. Because I saw bored apes uh, trashing, and I saw Bitcoin people trashing and saying like, "Good, I'm glad they're on the OFAC list and all this type of stuff." Like these are Bitcoiners. These are people who supposedly are like anti-government, anti-establishment, anti-feds, pro-decentralization and all that. But then when it comes to other people's decentralization and other people's uh, internet money, they are happy when you get placed on an OFAC. I mean, the OFAC list, like this is a list for like terrorists, okay? And they're like celebrating that Malades are put on this list, which is hilarious. It shows people's true colors. Anyways, posted that and uh it popped off and it popped off to the point where it even got picked up by like stupid crypto news outlets and it was on like the trading view news section and i'll put that on the screen which is hilarious and by the way it just goes to show the lack of due diligence and journalistic integrity that these these supposed crypto journalists have because no one reached out to me no one did anything they just literally put my tweet like in the article and said like i forget what it said the headline was like nightmare scenario or something milady is getting put on the ofac list and i was like i i, I couldn't believe it but anyways it was a good time we do a little shit posting we do a little spreading misinformation on the internet for fun and profit um i didn't make any profit just to be clear uh, just just for fun just for fun but it's very easy to spread misinformation is what i've learned and uh people are very gullible if there's anything I learned in the last couple days of of, of shit posting and and spreading fake news is that very easy to fool people and i'm like some nobody okay uh, could you imagine if you actually ran like a media organization how easy it would be to like spread fake shit so Anyways, everything's a psyop is, is the summary. But let's move on. Let's move on um, from that. That was a bit of fun for the week. But let's talk a bit about tokens and actual plays moving forward. So the market, honestly, it's been, besides meme coins, it's been terrible, as I said. And I don't think that we're really going to go up. Um, I'm recording this Friday morning. Uh, hopefully, I'll get this out today. Uh, if not, tomorrow. We'll see. Um, but... Market's not looking good. Bitcoin um, lost 27K. It, it's probably going to go to 25. We'll see if we hold there. ETH, we'll see if we hold like 1600. That's kind of the levels I'm looking at. I know a lot of people are looking at those levels, but those are the clear ones. Yeah, I think we're going to chop and go down for a while. I don't. I think probably we're going to have a month of, of downwards slash sideways. I don't think we're going to have a whole lot of upwards movement. Um, so... That's kind of why I was talking about Milady and stuff because, you know, like, eh, there's not a whole lot to talk about. But as far as coins and things that I'm playing, um, there's kind of two main things that I'm playing. There's LSDFi stuff, which was hot for a minute and then kind of died off. But we made some money on that with Ush and, and LBR, Libra. I, I think I talked about both of those on the show. Um, but there's more stuff coming out. The thesis with the LSD stuff is pretty simple. So... Post-Shanghai, you have all of these people on the sidelines who are not staking their ETH now willing to stake their ETH because it's not locked in, right? And because of that, 
it's estimated different people have different estimates anywhere from like 50 to maybe 80 plus percent who knows of the eth supply will be staked over the next call it year 18 months and even if it's 50 or 80 it doesn't i mean it matters but like the point is that there's probably going to be call it a hundred billion dollars maybe worth of ETH TVL that is going to be put into different protocols over the next like year or so. So obviously that's a enormous, enormous, ginormous. That's not a word, enormous. Humong I mix humongous and ginormous. That's a enormous. We're going to make, that's a new word. That's a enormous amount of ETH that is going to be put into new protocols. And uh, obviously... LSD protocols know this and VCs know this. And so right now in VC land, the hot thing is all these LSD five protocols. Everyone's trying to get in on this and all these, there's tons of funding rounds um, and tons of new projects popping up, trying to capitalize on the LSD uh narrative slash not even narrative. I mean, it's just the reality of like all this TVL that's up for grabs. And so my, my zero IQ thesis with this is very simple. Hey, all these VCs in protocols are going to have tons of incentives to capture ETH staking TVL. Well, okay, I'm going to stake ETH with them and get a bunch of free money in form of tokens and whatever rewards that they want to give me right? That's, that's like the very simple thing. Um, and the plan is just to be early and have a good view of the LSD file landscape as far as the projects that exist and try to get in on them early and see if I can just reap lots of rewards with little downside risk, mostly through farming. And then ideally, like LBR was a good example where there was a pre-sale, there was a big pre-sale dump, the token dumped below 20 cents. Um, I was started buying in like the 25 to like 35 cent area. And then the token went to like 65, 70 cents right after the pre-sale dump, right? Plays like that, playing these pre-sale dumps, playing the, uh, like for example, Swell right now uh, is a new LSD5 protocol that's launching. Um, and right now you can, uh, they're doing, it's called Voyage or whatever, where you can stake ETH with them before they launch and probably get an airdrop. Uh, I was one of the first stakers with them. And uh, just finding all these protocols and just staking ETH with these different guys and just getting free money. Listen, if the VCs and protocols are going to fight for this TVL and obviously they're going to have all these incentive programs to get you to put money with them, then I'm going to take the free money that they're going to give me. That's like my very simple thesis with this stuff. Um, so I think that'll be one of the more easy, obvious plays for the next year that I think a lot of people are kind of fading because they're like, oh, LSD is just a fad and it's like, yeah, I'm not saying that all these protocols are going to be huge, but there's going to be easy money to be made with a lot of these, um, especially with the incentives that they're going to have. So that's that's the basic idea there. The, the protocols I'm watching right now, you still have Ush. Uh, Ush is down a good bit. Ush has the advantage that they're the only like token in existence right now as far as the core staking protocols go. Um, you also have LBR, which is an LSD-backed stablecoin. Um, and those are the only two tokens that exist for the LSD Fi stuff for the most part right now. Obviously, besides you have like the Lidos and Rocket Pools. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about like the new stuff. Um, and then you have uh, Swell, which is very likely doing a token. Um, EtherFi, who said they're not doing a token, which I think is a big mistake. And I tweeted about this. Uh, a lot of people were disappointed who had their money with EtherFi. Um, <clears throat> they said they're not doing a token. They may change their mind about that. We'll see. But as of now, they said they're not doing a token. 
And then you've got um, Obol, O-B-O-L, coming out, um, which is seems to be very... Uh, like well done I, I was reading through their stuff i need to read more and research it but uh it looks pretty good i don't know if they're going to do a token i would assume they are too um i believe arthur hayes in his article that he wrote about the lsd five stuff he said they're invested in obel um so those are the ones on the radar right now but there's there's a bunch coming out um so i'll, I'll keep you guys updated on that stuff uh join the oh i gotta give an update on the discord actually unfortunately man this was this is a bummer uh, obviously, as you guys know, I, I got partnered with Bybit, um, like two months ago and, uh, finally got like a paid sponsor for the show. And then within a month they announced, oh, we're doing KYC and, uh, basically all Americans are going to be locked out of the platform. And so obviously now I am, uh, no longer able to use Bybit and I'm locked out of the platform. And I know a lot of you are Americans based on my, uh, can see the demographics in, the, in my analytics about half of you are americans roughly so none of you are able to use bybit either unfortunately no um so that partnership kind of ended and uh you know the discord i was having people sign up with my bybit link to get in the discord and now that's over so i think what i'm gonna do i don't want to do a paid group or anything i don't want to do that i just wanted to like a free community um so what I'm going to do is make it so that if you want to join the Discord, where and the Discord, I'm pretty active in there. That's where I post like day-to-day -day plays. Um, you're going to have to contribute. So so I, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, I would rather, if I'm just going to do it, I'd rather just have like a community where there's like good alpha and people are actually posting things in there. Um, and some of you are posting good stuff. Um, so I want... You have to be active, basically, is going to be the requirement. So I haven't told the people in there, uh, if you're listening and you're in the Discord, start being more active. I'm not going to, like, kick people out just yet, but probably over the next few weeks to a month, I'm going to be monitoring people's activity. And if you're just never talking in there, I'll probably remove you because I want to just keep it tight-knit and active um, since there's not really any other benefit there. I'm going to try to benefit from Alpha instead of, like, you know, getting ref links or something. So... Now, if you're not American and you're international, um, then you can still just sign up with the ref link and that's totally fine. And I would appreciate that. But if you're American, obviously that's not going to work. So you don't have to do that. You don't have to sign up with any link. You can join for free, uh, but you have to like contribute. Okay. So that's like the only requirement. Kind of a bummer, man. Just getting rough. You know, I, can, a, can a guy catch a break, man? You know, I, I, I get rugged on, on meme coins. I get rugged on my alt season that I thought was going to be alt season that ends up being meme season. I get rugged on my sponsor that, you know, I thought was going to be sick. And then all of a sudden they're like banning Americans. Just, you know, you just can't catch a break out here. Just can't catch a break out here. They, they don't want to see, they don't want to see me win. They don't want, they don't want to see daily bread ores winning so anyways that's a bummer but we we move on we keep pushing we keep pushing we never give up the uh the indomitable spirit of man cannot be defeated even though sometimes it feels like i'm being defeated but we we keep pushing we keep pushing anyways um i don't know where i was at i was talking about lsd fi see that's the plan with lsd fi um so yeah if you want to be in the discord contribute Shoot me a DM if you want to get in um, on Twitter. Shoot me a DM. Um, okay, so next up, oh, I wanted to talk about the Blur loan. So I did a little Blur launched their lending 
platform. Well, I guess it's already it's on the Blur platform, but they enabled what is essentially like leveraged NFTs. You can buy NFTs on margin. Um, so I did a little experiment on the first day. Uh, I actually didn't realize a few things the first time I did it, um, but I did. I borrowed or yeah, I borrowed. No, no, no. Sorry, I bought one milady basically i guess you could call it borrowed or whatever i bought one milady on margin the floor of milady was 3.6 i think um or 3.62 and i paid 0.42 eth right down and so i owed 3.2 eth plus daily interest in my case the interest was pretty low it was like 0.03 percent a day or something pretty minimal so i owed a small amount of interest each day and the 3.2 ETH principal back. Well, a week, five days or so went by, and Milady was like 3.92, and so I closed it out. And so I basically locked in, or it was a little higher. Basically, I think I locked in like a 0.33 uh, profit uh, on the 0.42 investment. So that was like a 78% return, I think, was what it came out to after interest, which is pretty cool because basically Milady moved 10% up, and I got almost an 80% gain. So you could look at it like an 8x leverage on NFTs using margin. Um, the drawbacks is you have to pay gas for each transaction, which is kind of annoying. So that, you know, obviously when gas is super high, uh, eats into your profit. And uh, the lending market isn't super efficient. So you can only do like a few at a time, most. Like I think I, I wouldn't let me do more than four at once. So if you were trying to do like size and scale this up, um, it's not super easy because where I see something like this being valuable is more for people who are trying to, uh, make like more sized bets. Um, but I could only go up to like two ETH or something, um, trying to borrow when I was trying to do it with like, it was only letting me borrow like four of them, um, at a time you couldn't do like 10 or 20 if you wanted to do that. Um, so the scalability is a bit limited now, but I think that may improve. And then just the overall market itself, like some people charge like 3% daily interest, which is ridiculous. And other people charge like 0.03. And you kind of have to sit there uh, on blur, just waiting for someone to put up a new one for loan uh, and just be the first to grab it, which I'm sure is going to get dominated by bots. So I'd like there to be like a better system for if you're trying to do this like a little more efficient i guess is the point but overall it was pretty cool um hey made a little bit of money um trading that but yeah it's cool now you can lever up your nfts basically on blur so it, it's I'll, I'll try it again with some more nfts obviously it's risky in this case it worked out for me but at the same time you know your 8x leveraged on an nft in my case and it was like okay well if it goes down a little bit then you'll just lose all your money basically and and if you don't if you if the nft goes down to the point where like say it went from 3.6 where i got it down to like two and a half eth or something right well at that point i would basically just not pay back the loan right i would just because at that point i'd have to pay 3.6 for the whole thing still or i could just lose my down payment which is the 0.42 that i paid at that point it would just make more sense to let the 0.42 go and just let it and and just take the L instead of trying to buy the whole thing, right? Um, so that's like the downside is obviously it's it's similar to like options, right? Where 
you pay your premium and your risk is that you could just lose your entire premium, right? Versus other things where you could only lose partial uh, if it goes out of the money. So that was my little experiment with uh, blur lending. That was pretty fun. Um, and then the other thing I was watching, the other protocol that I like a lot uh, before we wrap up is GND. Uh, this protocol is a bit of a monster and it had a pullback today uh, with the whole market. So it's providing some entries here. Um, GND, uh, the summary for this one, I really like this project. I think it's going to go up a lot, but basically let me, let me, I have my notes here. Let me, let me read this. It's a bit much, but essentially it's, it's kind of like grail, but with also their own stable coin. Um, and the stable coin is GMUSD. That's their stable coin. And the way you mint this stable coin is you can deposit either GDI, which is gains, uh, trading that perp decks their, uh, their, their stable, or you can, uh, deposit GMD USD and uh, GMD USD is the other protocol. Uh, GND before this made GMD. I know it's all like sounds very similar, but anyways, GMD was basically a stablecoin that uh, utilized GMX's GLP pools. Uh, and so, anyways, GMD USD and GDI are both interest-bearing stablecoins. So you can take these stablecoins and get and deposit them and get GMUSD back. So basically, the stablecoin for GND is like 15 to 25% interest-bearing just for holding the stablecoin, right? So that's like the incentive that they're putting to for people to mint the stablecoin. Um, on top of that, they have farms that you can use the stablecoin for and, and other things for too. And these farms are generating lots of uh, yield right now. And they have similar to X Grail, they have XGND, which is uh, staked locked GND. Um, and you can get rewards from that. So the thing that's unique about them and why I say it's like a monster is that this thing is two weeks old and it did 100,000 revenue in its first week and it's done 200,000 revenue in its second week. And what they're doing with the revenue is half of it is going to dividends that just pays the stakers. So 100K got paid out to stakers this week. And the other 100K goes to buy back and burn GND tokens. Because one of the biggest problems with protocols like Grail is while, yeah, they're kind of money printers, uh, for stakers, at a certain point, uh, they become like hyperinflationary. And so it's not, it's just basically ends up being another farm token at a certain point. Well, GND is trying to stop this by doing deflationary mechanisms uh, with their buyback and burn with a significant amount of revenue. Um, at the current rate, if they're able to sustain $200,000 a week of revenue. It's only two weeks old. So let's see if they're able to sustain this. But at $200,000 a week of revenue, this thing should easily be worth, if you're comparing it to other uh, similar projects, like a Grail, like two, maybe even $3,000 a token, honestly, in my opinion. That's like what the value should be. And it's currently, it went up as high as like 500, uh, but now it's back down with everything dumping and like the, it went down like actually into the 300s. I think it's settled into 400s right now. But this is one where I'm going to be building a position. I had a position and I sold it because I knew the market was going to dump, but I'm going to get back into it and probably build a position um, because it's just a monster, uh, the way it's going right now. I mean, $200,000 a week in revenue is nothing to scoff at. And the fact that that all is going back to the token holders in forms of dividends and buybacks, 
uh, creates this really good flywheel. So if they're able to keep that flywheel going over time, uh, where they have tons of incentives to mint this stable coin, tons of incentives in the farm, but then the token isn't getting super diluted uh, with infinite emissions and it's actually deflationary, then this thing can actually have a lot of token value accrual. And uh, I think that $2,000 or more is like a pretty good target and it's only trading in the 400s right now. So that's uh, that's my summary on GND. It's a little complicated, but all you need to know is they've built a very good flywheel. So I'm going to be watching their performance over the next couple of weeks to see if they're able to sustain the revenue levels that they have. But if they are, I will uh, continue to grow this bag because I think they will be... Basically, they're like a 6 mil market cap right now, roughly. And I think that you know if you're doing $200,000 a week in revenue, uh, and most of that's just going back to token holders. I think, you know, that, that would be right. That would be $10 million a year. I think it's fair to say that you should be valued at double that, which would be like 20 mil market cap. Maybe, I mean, it kind of varies 20, 30 mil, uh, would be like an area that I think would be fair value. So that's my my thoughts on GND. That's the other one I'm watching. So LSD Fi and GND are like the things that I like right now. Everything else um, will have its time, but I think the market's going to continue to kind of bleed out and chop for a bit. So we'll talk more about other coins next week if there's anything else that comes on my radar, but that's my main focus right now. Anyways, guys, thanks so much for watching. We are back. We will be more consistent uh, going forward at this little hiatus. Missed you guys. Thank you so much to everyone who uh, has been supportive and asking for the new episodes. I will see you next week. Peace.